0: Bob, you ever been to a train show?
1: Yeah, a couple of them.
0: You want to go to a train show?
1: Yeah, let's, I mean, like, model trains and and books and trains you can buy and museums and, I mean, all things trains? Yeah, Bob. Let's go. All things trains. Let's go. All right. Hey, we're headed to the Mad City Model Railroad Show. This is Trains Live. Come on along. You like what you hear? Listen, check out this episode in video with a Trains.com unlimited membership. Click the link in the episode notes and watch it today. Oh wait a minute, not a member? Try our 30 day free trial of Trains.com, the ultimate online portal for anyone who loves trains of any size from any era. Trains.com. It's your home for the most comprehensive railroading news and curated video series, articles, photos, and so much more, all about trains.
0: So Bob, we just got back from the train show, right?
1: Yeah, the, the Mad City Model Train Show. Um, we had loaded up the, the trains truck, went over to Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, the South Central Wisconsin Division of the National Model Railroad Association uh, presented the 56th edition of their Mad City Model Railroad show. Um, I think both of us kind of came out of there pretty bug-eyed with all the cool stuff that we saw.
0: Oh yeah, it was a great <laughs> show and, you know, I think I think from our experience, we should help, uh, you know, show it to our vis- our viewers and our listeners.
1: Yeah, absolutely, folks, we, we saw, I mean, everything from uh, N-scale trains to garden railroads, uh, museum offerings, hey, They even let me sit in one of those Fairmont speeders. I wanted to bring it home, but they just, they wouldn't part with it. How do you
0: think uh, your family would feel about that, Bob?
1: Uh, i have to put an extra stall on the garage. Yeah, so, hey folks, come on along. Uh, You're gonna love everything that we saw at the Mad City Model Railroad show. You know what, folks, we started in Madison, Wisconsin this morning at the Mad City Model Railroad Show, and we took the Super Chief out to California, and along the way, we have come by Barstow and Santa Fe's yard facility, HO Scale, and Andrew Babas here is the gentleman who built what you are looking at, and first off, let me tell you what, this... This is incredible. Thank you. And I'll bet you it took
2: a few minutes to build this thing. It took about a year, including all the research.
1: Okay, so let's start with the research. Mm-hmm. What did you have to do to figure out how this was going to look and decide what part of it, what were you going to model out of this?
2: Well, it started growing up. I grew up on the old museum in Santa Fe Amado Railroad. At the corner of the layout was a model of style. Layout unfortunately went away in 2001 later when I have started building it, I'm like I want to build this where was it how big was it I want to make it look right so through books research internet I was able to find some basic dimensions and kinda I would say guesstimate everything from there I knew the height of you know an F unit so I could, I could estimate the, you know how big the doors were and everything else of well, trial and error okay this looks right this doesn't look right and kept at it until I'm like okay here we go this is it
1: what Era are you modeling here? Late
2: 1959.
1: Okay, so when we look out the front here, we are seeing uh, we've you know we've got Alco PAs in the war bonnet scheme. Um, we've got some alligators from Alco. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the the freight uh, scheme up here, and then I notice we've got some uh, some F unit ABA lashups. Super Chief must have just come through.
2: Uh, Super Chief, San Francisco Chief, El Cap. I've got you name it I've got it
1: <laughs> and they all would have stopped here in Barstow for yep. servicing. Yep okay. Now for the modelers that that watch our program since we I mean we see you know modelers and prototype train folks How did you get I mean this thing looks like a sheet metal building?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so it's a base of quarter-inch plywood on top of that. I layered uh, styrene that looks like metal and then spray painted it, and then added all the details. The win- the windows are just uh, transparency paper with the million just uh, printed on.
1: Wow! And you know the side that we're looking at here, I can see we a little little rust coming in here and there. Mm. And uh, Bryson's man in the camera for us over here, and I, I know on the side that he's looking at, there's got to be some of that detail as well. But it looks like we just walked into California.
2: Uh huh. That was <laughs> my goal, so it worked.
1: <laughs> Fantastic! Hey. We're going to go back to Madison and uh, take a look at some more of the train show, but see you from Barstow for right now, folks. Okay, folks, it is a model train show, but guess what? This is what I'm driving home tonight. We're in a speeder, one of the old maintenance vehicles. I am with Bob Wonderling and he is with an organization called NARCOA. Okay, Bob, first off, what's a NARCOA? Uh,
3: NARCOA is North American Rail Car Operators Association. We're a private organization that maintains the history of railroading and mainly the maintenance cars. So in other words, you guys, for your hobby,
1: where some people take photos of trains or do models of trains or build a
3: layout, You guys maintain and operate the old speeder cars like this? Yes, sir, that's correct. We operate the speeders. They're all privately owned. We have approximately 1,300 members in the country. All of them own, the majority of them own their own cars. Um, Where other people take the pictures, like you say, we go out and do it. You know, (laughs) one-to-one modeling, everything else is just a toy.
1: (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to imagine you uh, get permission from a railroad to operate on their line or uh, permission to operate on abandoned track. And um, safety's got to be a huge concern for you folks.
3: Uh, yes, it is. I end up being the safety chair, the national safety chair for NARCOA. And the constant safety programs that we go through and the training we go through. Goes a long ways to how we're able to maintain the relationship with the railroads and get on their properties. Uh, safety is more than number one. It 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 has all the single digits. I mean, we <laughs> we we test to uh, to basically G core standards. Uh, every operator tests every other year, so it's it, it's a learning curve. It's a constant learning curve and constant safety updates. So. The the
1: vehicle I'm going to drive home here tonight, what 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 model? What am I
3: taking with me here? You're sitting in a Fairmont, made in Fairmont, Minnesota. Uh, you're sitting in a Fairmont MT14, Toma. These particular cars were made. The Fairmont cars were made in Fairmont, Minnesota. Uh, the Toma models were built in mainly Wisconsin, Toma, Wisconsin, for the weather. They were the cars that started their life as open cars, and up in the northern climates and where things are rough, they had to have enclosures, so the Toma shops started building these enclosed cars like this particular model. This is a nice one to take home. If you you want one to take home, this is a good one. Okay, now,
1: the first thing when I pull into the driver with this thing tonight that my wife's gonna ask me is, how much did you have to pay for this?
3: Why tour? <laughs> um, you can get into the hobby for oh easily the cost of a fishing boat. Um, anywhere from three to five thousand dollars for your first car. Naturally, one is done as this would be more expensive. Uh, if you get as far as the nine and ten thousand dollar range, you're getting into some premium equipment that's well maintained and ready to go so uh, i would say for a new guy you starting out figure on budgeting about five thousand dollars for a piece of equipment
1: i think i can i think i can swing that for a hobby you know what i also like about you guys is that um not only are you taking neat trips seeing some unusual scenery uh practicing you know very safe railroading but at the same time you're preserving a little piece of history and it's a, it's a type of vehicle that's not used anymore, and, and I think for folks to see it, it's something special.
3: Well, thank you, it's a historic end that we're really interested in. Uh, it got me interested when I was just a child. I grew up outside of the Provisal Yards, CNNW Provisal Yards, and I'd see these things go by, you know, when you're just a five, seven-year-old, someday I'm gonna have one of them. Well, you fast forward a few years, quite a few years, and. I saw one, and, well, it was right as the Internet was getting started, when things would pop up that you didn't expect, and a picture of a speeder popped up, and I said, what the heck is that? Followed it through. A year later, I had my own car, and I was on the rails. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's historic, though. It's it's maintaining the history of how it was done and the equipment.
1: Very good. Very good. Listen, uh, Bryson, I know, is behind the camera, but Bryson, man, we, gotta, we got got. A shotgun seat for you up front here tonight so on the way back to milwaukee that's that's you right up here in the right here right in the front yard there man bob okay? i think i might need a little <laughs> bit more leg room than that i don't know well, you're right in the back here then it'll be up to my chin <laughs> hey bob We're thanks
3: <laughs> thanks for this and continued thanks safe rail are. riding and thanks for covering railroad and what trains does for narcoa <laughs> thank you very much have a good show now
1: hey folks we got more things we gotta explore here at the Mad City Model Railroad Show. Come on along. At the end of every Trains Live, we always go to Mr. Bob's railroad bookshelf. We've even brought Bryce in there a few times. <laughs> in fact, the rumor is we're actually teaching him how to read, no, he knows Bob, how, to know that. how to read. I know how to read. But listen, here, Mad City Model to Railroad Show, I always tell you, there's some of the older books that you might have to go to a reputable book dealer. Well, look folks, here one is. This is the setup at Madison that the Mad City show for Como Shops. And I have with me John Lutke, who is the, he's the bookmeister here. (laughs) That's a bit of a stretch, but I guess we'll go with it. Now, John, I, I wanted to talk to you because as I mentioned, I have bought books from you for years. Um, in fact, I know it's now closed, but I remember when you actually had a brick-and-mortar shop up there in St. Paul, actually at the, the Como shops, the old Northern Pacific uh, engine facility. Bandana, Bandana Square, St. Yeah. Paul. Okay. Yep. Now, books. You've got the old, you've got the new. I mean, if somebody's looking for a railroad book, They probably should get a hold of you at a show like this or beyond a show. And, and, I mean, you've got an incredible selection.
4: We have far too many books, yes. (laughs) Uh, We have a passion for buying books. I have a passion for books in general. I read extensively. I write railroad books. I've done, like, 14 books on Minnesota railroads. and a couple on Wisconsin. These are brand new. Uh, I've been dealing with railroad books for probably about more than 40 years. And it's kind of a life wasted, but it's the cards
1: I was dealt. Uh, It's a passion. I don't think you can waste a life with books. Hey folks, I mean, look, if we step over to the bookshelf today here, Chronicles of the Milwaukee Road, Janesville, Wisconsin. I mean, if you're a Wisconsinite or uh, follow the Milwaukee Road, we're with the author, and how much more of a local book can you get than, than something like this? And you said you've got about 14 titles?
4: I've done about 14 books on Minnesota railroads and a sojourn or two into military history, that kind of thing.
1: Got to ask you okay, especially some of the older books, how do you acquire your stock?
4: <laughs> I do buy collections. I do not cherry pick collections, uh, taking the best of the lot and leaving the rest behind. Uh, A year ago, we bought a single collection of 4,500 railroad titles out of one house. And uh, needless to say, that sets you up for a little while, but since that time, I've probably added another 2,500 books to the collection. Now we have books.
1: But folks, listen, I always tell you, get to know your librarian, get to know the curator of your local railroad museum and find yourself a good, reputable book dealer. Look at this, a good, reputable railroad book dealer. In the flesh, Yeah, live and in person. John Lukey from uh, Como Shops up in St. Paul, Minnesota. Sir, been a pleasure talking to you. I I need to go shopping here now and kind of uh, lighten your load a little bit. Thanks for your time. Yeah. Hey, Bryson, it's time to shop for books, and then, man, we've got we got a half a show we got to take and look at yet. Hey, hey, Bob. Yes, yes, sir. This guy
0: here on the right looks a little familiar.
1: Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Uh, It says Tom Hoffman, Wisconsin Chapter N R H S. Isn't.
0: Tom Hoffman sounds a lot like our librarian. Yeah, uh, I was was just going to say, the The the
1: librarian at Combox, David P. Morgan Memorial Library. Tom,
5: what are you doing here? Well, I've been a chapter member since 1971 and uh, they needed some help today. So uh, Ward Ward did some uh, recruiting and uh, I was supposed to be here for Operation Lifesaver and they uh, weren't able to make it. So uh, here I am.
1: Okay, so Ward... Wells is our other gentleman that's standing here. Um, okay, NRHS, What uh, this, uh, take care of the alphabet soup for me. What is this? Yes,
5: yeah, so that's National Rail Historical Society. And uh, we're the Wisconsin chapter, so we're interested in the Wisconsin upper Midwest uh, local history. And uh, we're just here to try to get, get some exposure, try to find some um, new members, younger members hopefully, kind of keep the process going.
1: Okay, Tom, this this has got to be kind of right up your alley with what you do at Kalmbach and maintaining our library I mean this is history this is literature this is
5: yeah actually we've been we've got this going back all almost to when it started okay and it's in the in our archives along with uh, similar similar material from uh, other historical societies and uh, train organizations so it's this it's part of my job
1: okay so folks again, when we go to the bookshelf at the end of Trains Live, um, here's another one of those organizations that puts out a great magazine, great research material, 75 and years. 75 years worth. And it's it's uh, it's a resource not only for for folks interested in prototype railroads, um, but also uh, modeling information.
5: Absolutely, absolutely, both of them. Yeah, historical maps, uh, the whole deal.
1: Okay. And, and if I remember right, now that you dispelled the alphabet soup for me, National Railroad Historical Society, um, there's a, you have regular meetings with uh, uh, slide presentations and discussions about uh, Wisconsin and Upper Midwest uh, rail history.
5: Yeah, the first Friday of every month, uh, we meet in person at Fox Point over by Milwaukee, but we're also online at www.wis uh, or NHRSwis.org, and our, our, our meetings are on Zoom as well.
1: Oh wow! Okay, all right. Hey, Bryson, I, I think we got to get in on this. It's it's more reading. It's a magazine, and it's history. <laughs> it, uh, it is. <laughs>
5: it's nearby. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it is. This yeah. Is presenting next week. But actually, uh, COVID, while it was bad for a lot of people, was great for our or our organization because the Zoom format. We've got members even overseas now. Okay.
1: And you know what? I should also. I, I thought of this. You guys are the Wisconsin chapter, national organization, so as people are watching trains live, say, California, Colorado, all over the the country, there is a a chapter nearby that they could could join in. Yep,
5: nrhs.org. Yeah, find your local channel or local chapter and join us, please.
1: Listen, after we're done shopping for trains and buying books, let's go join up. I, I say we do it, Bob. All right on to the rest of the show. Let's do it. Hey Bryson, listen, Mad City Model Railroad show, it's in the middle of February. Yeah. Um, but you know what, I'm already thinking about the garden for this next spring. But
0: Bob, there's snow on the ground right now.
1: Well okay yeah there's snow on the ground but listen they always tell you plan your garden early plant your seeds early um i don't think
0: i've ever heard that but i'm also not a gardener so listen
1: trust me on this okay (laughs) trust me work with me here um i went out the other day and got some uh garden railway train seeds okay i'm gonna plant those and see what comes up they're gonna grow they're gonna grow hopefully but just to make sure that i'm doing this right I've got Jim Dvorsky, who's with the Wisconsin Garden Railway Society. Um, He has grown many a garden railway and is going to tell me how to do this. So, okay, most folks, HO scale is so popular, N scale, the old Lionel's, but, man, you guys got some big trains.
6: Yep. And uh, one of the things that make this so much more popular than... N scale and HO scales. Everything is so durable and forgiving. I'll give you an example. The typical track that we use for our G-scale is designed basically to be outside. This piece of track here has been outside over 35 years and still holds up. Basically, unless something massive really physically damages it's there. There's a lot of different ways to do this. There's a lot of different ways people can ballast their roadbed and that, do electronics. More people coming into the hobby today are using battery power as opposed to track power. Um, But it's a great hobby. The other thing that's really appealing about it is besides railroading, it's gardening. So there's always the landscape component of it and stuff like that. It's been a great hobby.
1: Okay, my seeds that I planted to grow my garden railway, do do I gotta water them?
6: Uh, You should (laughs) put a little steam oil on them. Not necessarily water, them, but put some steam oil on them. Okay. So how how much space does somebody really need to
1: to get into this and to have fun? You know, you look at the smaller scales, and um, you know, HO, you can do a four by eight. Right. Um, I mean, how? I mean, do I need four acres? Do I need
6: what kind of plot you know, do I need? You can actually have a lot of fun with it and do a nice little layout in a five by ten space. Uh, about the minimum diameter of our curves is four feet. So I've seen people do fantastic layouts. In a really compact area of space,
1: and I think yeah. the other—I think the other thing that that kind of—I uh, don't want to say worries me, but would concern me about getting into the larger scale. You know, when you, you're looking at some of those smaller scales, um, you know, some of the electronics today, and and how to handle DCC, and making sure your switches are are correct, and 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 all the right. things, all the things that Bryson. Can tell us about that. I don't know anything about. Right? We'll learn throughout we'll, the series. We'll learn. Bob. Yeah. I'll teach you. But but, Jim, my, my question is this: Are do I need more skills at say an engineering level? Uh, what what kind of skills are, are going to be more uh, required to do garden railroading?
6: You need more than anything. I think some patience. People expect a lot of times instant results in that, but. In one way, it's a very forgiving, very cheap hobby from the standpoint that, if you're only using natural materials, i.e. dirt and gravel and things of that nature, if you don't do it right, you can pick it up again. As we always say, the one thing, it's kind of like laying sod. The green side goes up, it's not that hard to do. And as far as electronics and sophistication, you can keep that as simple or as complex as you want. Uh, When it comes to electronics, A lot of people are now running DCC. However, in G-scale, most DCC systems are wireless as opposed to track-based DCC. That's one thing that differentiates us, so.
1: And the other thing I noticed, just looking around your garden here at the Mad City Model Railroad Show, it is a magnet for the youngsters, for moms, for dads, for grandparents. Um, Just like almost any railroad activity, this seems like it. it is like the Uber family railroading event.
6: It is, it is, and I started with it when uh, my first son was a year old. We bought him a set to run around the Christmas tree. The nice thing about these trains is they're so durable, they're easy enough for kids of that age to pick up and put on the track when they fall off and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's definitely, it's, it is different than the fine scales because and the casualness of a lot of Garden Railroaders, we're not all rivet counters. Sometimes it's just there for fun. As you can see, we got a lot of Thomas trains in that. But one of the things that does make it so popular with the kids is they can sit down and see it at eye level and also have a lot of fun with it. And we're not too, too much afraid of them touching it. It's not necessarily a do not touch hobby. It's a participate hobby.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. Hey, listen, Bryson. I just, Jim just inspired me. Um, I, I wanna grow a Island of Sodor railroad in my backyard.
0: Well, I, I might have to help you with that, Bob, but I'm gonna need to learn some, uh, some, something about plants. I don't know anything <laughs> about plants. I,
1: I thought I thought it was gonna be both of us are gonna have to learn about the Island of Sodor. <laughs> hey, listen, from garden railroads to other scales, we got a lot more Mad City Model Railroad show to cover, so follow us along here. So listen, Bryce and I are walking around the show and we come across a kiosk and Bryson goes, hey, Bob, that's that's great model railroads. That's the the special interest publication that Model Railroad puts out every year. And it is on 20 years of module track. And guess what? Here's that layout, folks. It's an N scale modular layout. It is all local scenes. So there's a lot of neat history here. And as you, you look at this thing, The build on this thing, the craftsmanship, it is is just incredible. And I'm taking a slow walk here from uh, Madison over actually to the Wisconsin Dells. and We're gonna chat with a couple of the guys that actually helped build this thing. So come on along over to the Dells. And I'm chatting with Nate Pierce and Keith Coleman on the the inside of the layout there. Talk to me about the layout here. Um, It's all local scenes. You guys have have, have some incredible craftsmanship in this. Um, Just, I mean, it's a beautiful layout.
7: Yeah, it's almost entirely scratch-built, and we've chose historic locations in Wisconsin and Illinois as our prototype locations. Then we use aerial photos and um, historic photos and interviews with uh, former employees to build and create each historic location. So this one is Wisconsin
8: Dells and that was built by Nate.
1: I'm not seeing any water parks, obviously, we're not well, in the contemporary.
8: <laughs> it's 1955, so the, or 53 to 55-ish, so it's, I built this because I was really, the bridge is still there, of course, it's Canadian Pacific runs across it, but you'll notice that there should be a bridge here right now if you're, if you're familiar with the current setup, and this is where the downtown dells, I chose that date because it, it was right before they quit they built that bridge so the traffic was still going underneath of it. I, I always thought that was a neat scene, and I and I grew up in Baraboo, so I mean I was 20 miles <laughs> down the road. Mostly scratch built. The the very outer edge is a Walther's kit. Everything else is scratch built in there. And Keith turned this bridge pier on a on a lathe down in his shop, and um, everything else is kind of scratch built. The uh, we took. As Keith was saying, we took aerial photos and kind of laid them out on our these 10-foot-worth of modules, and it's it's slightly actually extended rather than compressed to fit the module joint. But the um, the depot's built off of the original plans. The freight house is built off of the original plans. Um, there should be more trees here because... This is all wooded area the dam in the dells is right here ish
1: i love the idea that you were you were working from large aerial photographs um where where are you finding that kind of information
8: oh the internet's great so <laughs> um before that there were you had to go dig around in like libraries and archives you know the milwaukee public library has all the archives for the milwaukee road um you'd have to spend years digging around trying to find a specific picture but now I mean you can communicate with everybody and you put a post out on a forum and said I need a picture of this 20 minutes later somebody sends it to you and you know the community is pretty good with that kind of thing about helping to research thing it's it's, it's make life a whole lot easier in the last 20 years so
7: <laughs> how far have we just walked where are we <laughs> okay now we're in Racine County on the Milwaukee Road this is highway 20 with the Milwaukee Road overpass This is the state highway right here Um, This bridge, if you were at this location today, this would be the location of the new Sturdivant Depot for Amtrak. Now this is, of course, a four-lane highway. We're trying to capture that look of of the 50s, Um, not only with the roads and the engineering and the trains, but also the surrounding, the fields. This area is all developed now and full of mini-malls and housing and stuff. But then another thing that we add is we do billboards. So we've got a a Northern Tissue, and then the other one is a Chesterfield cigarette ad saying it's best for you. (laughs) All right, so from Racine, we're headed down the line somewhere else here, folks. This is the yard in Wausau, Wisconsin. That's the famous Wausau train station right there from the Wausau Insurance Company. This is kind of our staging yard for the whole layout. And then it goes down to a return loop and comes back. So this is a good place to set up layout. Trains. This is the Milwaukee Road, Wausau, turntable, engine house, coal facilities. So this is Wausau. Now we're at the Y in New Lisbon. The main line is over there. This is the line that that headed north, but um, where people would change trains for the valley line, I think it's what it's called. Uh, But this Y is here so we can go either direction. New Lisbon Depot is over there. That was built by Bill Denton. And then the um, New Lisbon Yard going all the way down. That's about 20 feet a yard right there. Okay. I love it. We're hiking
1: all over Wisconsin. Come on along.
7: Okay, now we're in Franksville, Wisconsin, in Racine County. This is County Highway K. Um, This is the old Franksville Depot, which was demolished in the 70s. But these buildings are still here, Klima Feeds, and the Franks Pier Kraut Company, where they made the, the sauerkraut, hence the name, Franksville, remodeled um, that as well. Again, all done with photos. It's nice when the prototype still exists, you can actually go there. Jamie Vondruska built all this, and Marshall Skibby built the kraut factory. Beautiful, all right. This is Sturdivant, Wisconsin. That is a GC laser kit that was modified. Uh, that's, uh, <clears throat> and then over here we've got the coaling tower. That's entirely scratch built. That was built using three photographs and there's a small section of the foundation that's still in place that I measured. And that's how that one got built. This is a 3D printed model of the Electroliner. It's going over. Uh, this is parallel to South Sixth Street in Milwaukee, over the Milwaukee Road. This was a famous location where people like Lynn Westcott and El Kalmbach and others would take photographs of the Hiawatha coming under here. Um, so we use those photos out of the out of the um, Trains magazine and Model Railroader to build all of this.
1: Beautiful, Keith. Anybody who has been down to the end of Wisconsin Avenue, um, in times past, is gonna recognize this scene.
7: Yes. Okay, this is the old Chicago and Northwestern passenger station at the foot of Wisconsin Avenue, East Wisconsin, in Milwaukee. Um, now it's the location of the Betty Brin Children's Museum. This 10-foot section, there's no compression in this. This is all built from um, photographs, drawings, maps, everything from the Chicago Northwestern Historical Society, the Milwaukee County Historical Society, and then different archives I dig, in, was digging in. It took 30 years to build this, okay? I started it in 1992, finished it in 2022. I didn't work on it every year, but um, it's entirely scratch built. There's nothing in here that is commercially available. Um, everything from the billboard which is uh, was cut on a laser. Um, the tower was cast. There's parts of it are made out of wood. Um, it's all the old scratch building techniques of, of the past.
1: And it's, it is absolutely beautiful. I'll tell you what, after 30 years of work, I see your reward coming across the bridge here. How about a nice cold Blatz beer? Right. And then we go, hey folks, listen, if you were at a train show, and you see these guys in the area, you gotta stop and go through this layout. It is a lesson in beautiful model railroading. It's also a Wisconsin history lesson. Absolutely fabulous. All right, on to the rest of the show. Bryson, that that was a train show.
0: (laughs) That was a train show, Bob. You know, of all the local shows out here, and I'd consider that a local show, that's my favorite to go to every year.
1: It, you know, when we walked into that hall on Saturday, and the show runs Saturday and Sunday, but when we walked into that hall on Saturday, the first two things that really struck me was, first, um, the number of people already in the hall. I, I gotta believe I gotta believe they pulled close to 20,000 people for the entire weekend, that's impressive.
0: Yeah, Eric, uh, Model Reader Editor, Eric White, was telling me that he went on Sunday with his family, and the attendance was really good on Sunday, too, so.
1: The other thing that that always impresses me when we go into a show like that, you know, when you walk in there, you don't realize it, but that was ninety thousand square feet of of trains.
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I, mean, yeah, I knew it's a large area, but ninety thousand square feet sounds like a big number. And
1: it's 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 pretty it's pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. Okay, so you know, at the show, there, there's you know, we saw the layouts and uh, the the speeders and and I mean everything that that you and I looked at. Um, Okay, you put down the camera. Did you go back and buy anything?
0: Yeah, Bob. When I put <laughs> down the camera, you know, because I was our cameraman that day. That's
1: very true, yes.
0: I went and bought some things. However, the first thing I bought, Bob, wasn't a train. What? bought a slot car set. Oh. <laughs> so Eric White, David Pop, and I are all in a local slot car league with some uh Kornbach alumni. And I'm always looking for NASCAR bodies for my one thirty second scale slot cars. And this set was a great price and had two really good bodies and they're you know basic cars that I can I can soup up to to be a pretty good contender for things.
1: Okay, hold on, hold on. Basic cars, um, let me translate that. That means Bryson's going to be trading paint and probably is going to wreck the fenders at 132nd scale. Hey, I also noticed you got a, a Kodak car. Um, when we're done, uh, let me explain to you about Kodak and what a 35 millimeter slide was, okay? You, you're probably thinking Kodak Digital here, right? Very funny. About <laughs> that. So Bryson goes to a train show and buys a slot car. Okay, that's cool. Um, myself, uh, we had talked with uh, Mr. John from Como Shops. Como Shops yes, yes. Okay. Um, and, and as I noted in our segment there, I, I really I have bought books from him for years and have gotten some some very nice books for the collection. Uh, okay, so you know where I went. Well, you went back to Como <laughs> Shops.
0: I mean, we even got some B-roll of you just shopping, <laughs> just shopping at Como okay. Shops, Bob.
1: Gu- guilty as seen on film. Now, folks, on the bookshelf today, um, and this was this is why I love places like Como Shops because you can really find uh, you can find pieces for your your library that are really good. And and let me we'll get let me pull these out, and get them into SkyCam here. Um, there is a set of books uh, by Robert W. Richardson uh, all about the Rio Grande Narrow Gauge. Okay? okay, and I had the the first two volumes. Um, and man, that just the cover art on these is, is so cool. Um, but Richardson goes through and talks all about the Rio Grande's narrow gauge um, in Colorado and New Mexico. You know, he looks at the Rio Grande Southern, looks at what you know today is the Durango and Silverton. Um, you know the line uh, through through Chama. Um, you know the whole setup. Well, it's a three-volume set. I had volumes one. And volume two and from Mr. John there at Como Shops, I picked up volume number three. So pretty good, pretty good find uh for me at the show. So, Bob, the,
0: the covers of these books are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Is, does, what's in what's is, is inside? There art inside? Like oh, what, what's inside these books? You, you let, know? let me
1: show you. This is this Richardson went and really has has explained and detailed uh, all of the narrow gauge operations. I mean, okay, first off, really good, really nice photos. Uh, one of the uh, one of the narrow gauge locomotives must be uh, Snowplow, a test, yeah. stone plowing time. Yeah. But he also, you know, he, he tells the stories using documents from the, the time of the railroads. Um, he doesn't just, you know, I mean, not just locomotive pictures, but he takes you to these places, yeah. um, Hey, I mean, even talks about the the, the, goose. the geese, a goose, yes, a goose. You know, so I mean, he really goes deep dive into uh, what the Denver Rio Grande Western was doing with their their narrow gauge, actually all the narrow gauges there uh, in that part of Colorado. So it's kind of a, I mean, there's a number of books that are out there that you can get on. Uh, the Denver Rio Grande narrow gauge but for me I've this set as I have been going through it it really is that uh, that detail that ultimate put it so if you don't go there this'll get you close
0: and I have some friends that are really big into the Rio <laughs> Grande so I'm I'm going to have to tell them about these books
1: okay you can come borrow them off my bookshelf sometime okay, I'll make there sure we go to. all right hey folks the Mad City Model Railroad Show uh when it comes around next year um, if you're in the area or make the trip to Wisconsin, uh, it's it's worth it. I know Everyone a lot really of people that have
0: come from out of state, you know, some people from Indiana that have even, even come up to the show. Yeah. So
1: Plus, just the visit to Madison is a trip in and of itself. And, <laughs> and
0: what else is a trip? Being able to probably see me and Bob.
1: Oh, They might charge extra admission for that. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, our Trains Live trip over to Madison, fantastic. So... Hey, before we depart, a um, couple of reminders as usual. If you have not become a trains.com
0: unlimited subscriber,
1: do so. Uh, you will get, uh, of course, you know you can get the podcast version of trains live from all the places that you would normally. Uh, pick up a podcast, but if you want to see what's going on, and you know this Especially episode. Especially this episode. Yeah. You, and, you
0: need to see what's going on yeah. with this episode.
1: Become that unlimited subscriber. Uh, besides just content like Trains Live, there's Model railroad how-tos, there's Newswire, uh, there's classic trains material. Um, there's and lots of videos. Trains, yes, tons of video material. So if you haven't completed that homework, subscribe. Trains.com unlimited member, KumbakHobbyStore.com. Listen, you know what? Puzzles, mugs, mugs, that's, puzzles. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, <laughs> sip a beverage while you're trying a challenging puzzle like this one um, from Trains Magazine, black and white photo. Oh yeah. That well, one's, that's, yeah, that's a hard that's, one. That's that's gonna be a tough one. But all this available at Trains.com. Excuse me kalmbachhobbystore.com. Kalmbach. There you go, Bob. Listen, listen, when you get frustrated doing the puzzle and you wanna write some notes as to how you should be working on this thing, get yourself a floaty pen off of kalmbachhobbystore.com.
0: Have you ever written notes on
1: how to do a puzzle? No, but I'm strange that way, so, you know. <laughs> All right, until we see you again here on Trains Live, we wanna see you nestled right into the pages of Trains Magazine
0: and model railroader this is great model railroads 2024 featuring the Maju track layout
1: do you like what you hear listen check out this episode in video with a trains.com unlimited membership click the link in the episode notes and watch it today oh wait a minute not a member try our 30-day free trial of trains.com the ultimate online portal for anyone who loves trains of any size from any era. Trains.com, it's your home for the most comprehensive railroading news and curated video series, articles, photos, and so much more, all about trains.